This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. I've done so much research on the subject of anger over the last few weeks, and I really mean this. I'm not making this up that I've discovered all kinds of articles and pieces of writing on repressed anger, expressed anger, violent anger, marital anger, parental anger, and the list goes on and on. But the most interesting one that I found was disguised anger, hidden anger in people's lives. So I'm going to start with something light with uh, two or three examples of that. This one says a classified ad in a newspaper read this way, wedding dress for sale, never worn. We'll trade for a Smith & Wesson 38 caliber <laughs> pistol. Hidden anger, disguised anger. We'll trade for a Smith & Wesson 38 caliber pistol. I want to talk about anger today in a way that may speak to you in a profound way, and I really mean that, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Sean Kelly is a minister in the Seventh-day Adventist churches somewhere in the United States. 17-year-old Bob and 20-year-old Bill had just finished watching a Star Wars movie. They were fascinated by the lightsaber duel between people in the movie, so Bob said to Bill, let's have a lightsaber fight that we can record for YouTube. Bill said, that's awesome, man, but Bob, where are we going to get lightsabers? They tried to be creative. I'm going to shorten this story. They went up into the attic of their house, or one of the houses, found some old fluorescent tubes, you know, like six-footers, five-footers, whatever they are, and they took off. I didn't know you could do this. They took off the ends, and believe it or not, they filled them with gasoline. And they went outside, and they lit the gasoline, and it was foaming and fuming inside those tubes while they were faking this lightsaber fight until the two lightsabers connected, and flames went all over both of them. And it wasn't a fun experience. And Sean Kelly said, what stupid things have you done in your life? Not just because you're 17 or 20. But what stupid things, he said, have you done in anger? Anger releases hormones. I'm going to read a statement about it, what it does to you physiologically, that people do do stupid things in anger. And the reason you know it's true is because you've done it. So have I. We've all done stupid things and said stupid things in anger. And here's the main point of the message today, and I really am serious. I'm giving you the bottom line right at the beginning. There is a spiritual dimension to anger that most people don't admit, including Christians. There's a spiritual dimension to anger. You know why there's a spiritual dimension to anger? Because there's a spiritual dimension to everything. If you're married, spiritual dimension to your marriage. If you're single, spiritual dimension to being single. If you're a parent, there's a spiritual dimension to being a parent. If you're a son or daughter, there's a spiritual dimension to being a son or daughter. And it goes on from there. 
There's a spiritual dimension to everything, including the anger in your life. And so one of the most holy moments in a man's life, a woman's life, or a young person's life is this, when I realize the spirituality that's involved in my routinely, routinely getting angry. We're going to read the second half of the passage we started last week. This week it focuses on the tongue. We're going to read the second half of the passage we started last week. This week it focuses on the tongue, on what we speak. Why would anger be connected with the tongue? Because it's a primary venue for anger is what you say. People say angry things, and they hurt with words that destroy. Tim Keller, who's a minister in New York City that some of you heard of, he said the most unusual thing to me. Not unusual, but different. I've never heard anybody say this. He says, anger will disintegrate your marriage. Anger will disintegrate your relationship with your kids. He said, anger will disintegrate friendships. Anger will disintegrate peace and concord in the home. I mean, it's just something, he said, it doesn't hurt it, it disintegrates it. That's a strong term. To disintegrate anything means to take it apart into small pieces. And he said, anger does that. I think it's a valid point. James 1 is where we read last week. We read the verses 19 to 21, just a few verses, but we pick it up in verse 22 today. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man or woman who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And here's the key verse, 26. If anyone considers himself religious, one of the few times the word religion is even used in the Bible, it's just not used, and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Isn't it interesting about pollution, just a sidebar note? We're concerned about the environment, and we're concerned about air pollution, and we're concerned about the factory emissions and so forth, and it goes on and on. But we're not worried about the moral pollution in our culture, in our society, and in our own lives, just as a sidebar. Note to that last verse. Your tongue represents you. I've met people over the years, and so have you, who brag about, I speak my mind. I'll tell you, I'm a guy, I'm a woman who speaks his or her mind, and they brag about that. When's the last time you ever met a person, man, woman, young person, who said, I bridle my tongue? I control my tongue. It's under the control of the Spirit of God. Never. I've never heard anybody say that. Never. And yet, it could be one of the most important things that we could would talk about today. I want to talk about the tongue for a minute. Verse 26, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, 
He deceives himself and his religion is worthless. What's remarkable to me about verse 26, he doesn't say your religion is impacted negatively. He doesn't say your religion is diminished a little. He said it's worthless. Did that speak or resonate with anybody? It does me. Your religion is worthless. It's so what we say, what we do with our tongue matters to the Lord. Well, believe it or not, these two messages are the most requested messages that I've ever given in 37 plus years on the radio. Our website is crosshope.org. There was a rock group years ago. I remember hearing Paul Harvey talk about it, and some of you have heard this story before, where the rock group was known for their vile lyrics in their music. And they got a lot of heat from it. People complained. Parents complained. Even newspaper people commented on their negative verbiage in their song lyrics. And one of the lead singers for the group said, Hey, they're just words. Get over it. They're just words. I want you to listen to a passage of Scripture from Matthew 12 where Jesus talks about words. Can we bring that up? Matthew 12, Jesus is speaking. He says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Make a note of that. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. When I heard that rock star say, hey, they're just words, I remember thinking, somebody needs to bring Jesus up to speed. He's behind the curve. He doesn't get it. They're just words. Jesus said, you'll give an account for your words. By every word you will be judged or acquitted. The words may not matter to you or to me, but they matter to the Lord. They matter to the Lord. I want to talk about some examples of anger. This is a powerful story told by a minister confessing his anger. It's the only person I've ever known, not just a minister, whose last name is human. I've never anybody known a person named human, last name? Phil Human is his name. He's from Lincoln, Nebraska. He tells a story. It's very confessional. It's very honest in what he shares. I have three teenage children, and they're great kids, but we're all human beings. From time to time, we get angry with each other. One day, I got in an argument with one of my sons, and I felt I was right, and he felt he was right, and then I felt he was disrespectful, and he felt I was being a jerk and things got heated, and I'm chewing him out, and he's had enough of it, storms off to his room, and I'm not going to let this happen, so I'm going down the hall right behind him. Don't you walk away from me. And then the door slams shut. The door clicks in the lock, and boom goes my hand through the door. There's a hole in the door. And to this day, I don't remember what we were angry about. And it's embarrassing to see the hole in the door. And to show you the truth is, even though it's not that big of a deal, in a sense, it is a big deal. Because that hole represents what he said and what he did. What's out there 
that represents your hostility? What scars, not to a door, but to a soul? If you made a wife or a husband, a son or daughter, a parent, whatever the case may be. And he said, to this day, I don't even know what we were angry about, but I know that, you know, I had to let somebody, my son, have it and punch a hole through, through the door. He said this, that's the thing about anger. It demands to be indulged. It refuses to be hidden. It seeks to be noticed, and indulging it rarely subsides it. Anger creates more anger. Anger creates more anger. How many times when someone is angry with you, you become angry in return? Well, my guess is some of this is resonating with you and me. Our website is crosshope.org. Anger creates more anger. Anger creates more anger. How many times when someone is angry with you, you become angry in return? Don't you disrespect me. Don't you treat me like a baby. Don't talk to me that way. Don't you talk to me in any way like that. Don't you walk away from me. Don't yell at me. Don't you close that door. Don't you tell me what to do. Boom, the fist through the door or worse. Or worse, it's a powerful story told by Phil Human from Lincoln, Nebraska. I want to talk about the physical response of anger. This is from Ray Fowler. An author said, the first thing we need to understand about anger is that it's an actual physical response. He said, when you get angry, your body does some pretty amazing things. Neil Anderson describes it well in his book, Getting Anger Under Control. The nerve center in your hypothalamus activates your emergency system, which constricts blood flow to your kidneys, intestines, and skin. At the same time, your brain sends a signal to your adrenal glands to pump large doses of adrenaline and cortisol into your bloodstream. Your muscles tighten, your heart beats faster, and your blood pressure rises. The blood is directed away from your skin and toward your muscles in order to facilitate a fight-or-flight response. Now listen to this next paragraph. It's really powerful the way it ends. Why does your body do this? To prepare you for action. Physically, it is the exact same response when you're confronted by danger or combat. Neil Clark Warren calls it physiological preparedness and actual physical state that God uses to prepare you to defend yourself in times of danger. Here's the sentence I want you to hear. It's a great response when you're confronted by a bear and her cubs. But it's not so great when you find yourself using that response on your family. Listen to that again. It's a great response when you're confronted by a bear with her cubs. It's not so great when you find yourself using that response with your family. It's a powerful, powerful statement by Ray Fowler. I want to talk to you about anger in terms of your words, because words represent you. You know, what's funny is we remember what people have said to us with total clarity. Some of you can quote what a dad or mom said to you 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And you not only quote it, you quote the inflection. 
You quote the emphasis that your dad or mom used, and we can have total recall when it comes to remembering what people have said to us. But get this, we have total amnesia when we try to remember what we've said. Well, I don't remember saying that. Well, I don't remember telling him that or telling her that, and we did. We did. I want to share this with you, that words matter to the Lord, as I read from Matthew 12, and if they matter to the Lord, get this, they should matter to you and to me. If words matter to the Lord, and he says you will be judged by your words, then why shouldn't they matter to you and to me? Let me read 26 again. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his or her tongue, they deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. And we'll conclude this message tomorrow. It's part two of a two-part series on anger. Our website is crosshope.org. really dramatic. Mike Minix is a minister either from North or South Carolina. I can't remember which. It's one of the Carolinas. He said, I was preaching years ago in a church, and he uses a term we don't use anymore. How many of you remember going to revivals when you were a kid? The day of the revival has kind of come and gone in our culture. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just what, what is. And he said, I was preaching revival, and it was a church where they had a lot of conflict. He said, the preacher told me, he said, all these people do is fight. It's the story of our church. And so the preacher didn't ask him to do this. He said, I just felt prompted on my own to do this. He said, I wasn't sure anyone would respond. But during the invitation at one of the services, I sensed God's spirit leading me to ask people to do this. I would ask people if you've got someone in this church that you've experienced anger with or strong disagreements, I want you to go up to the people and confess it to them. And he said, I was sure nobody would respond. But he said, during the invitation, first one person went to another, and then a second person went, and then a third, and then a fourth. And he said, before it was over, he said, people were weeping all over the church. What a moment. He said, they were weeping all over the church and embracing as people were confessing their anger and confessing their hostility to other people. And Mike Minnick says this, you can hide your anger from others. You can hide your anger from your family. You can hide your anger from people at work, but you can't hide it from the Lord. You can't hide it from the Lord. God works in delivering people from anger. And we talk about anger management. It's the title of this message. I want you to replace anger management with another word. Anger deliverance. I talked about my family doctor in Columbus, Ohio. Annie and I had a family doctor named Dr. Steve Miller. And Steve was one of the godliest people I've ever known, still is, very dedicated Christian. And we were talking about his patients just in general, not, not anybody in particular. I will always remember as long as I live what he said. He said, Randy, so many of my patients don't need medication. They need deliverance. Would you listen to that again? So many of my patients don't need medication. I don't need to put them on medication. They need to be delivered. Delivered from what? Hostility, anger, depression. 
resentment, bitterness, the list goes on. And I think he's right. And so we're not going to end the message talking about anger management. We're going to talk about anger deliverance from the hand of the Lord. Deliverance comes when you confess. Deliverance comes when you admit, you acknowledge, and say, Lord, I lay it at the feet of the cross. Remember, I told you that dramatic story about Alan, the criminal in a maximum security prison in London. He said, probably one of the most angry people I've ever read about. He was just violently angry and in prison as a result. And he said he had to take his anger and literally put it at the foot of the cross in his mind's eye. And he said he did feel deliverance at the hand of God. Why? Because that's what God does. God is the deliverer. You're not, and neither am I. God is the deliverer. He delivers people out of bondage, of all kinds of bondage, including the bondage of anger. Don't ever forget that. His name is Jesus. Well, folks, I think you would agree there has to be a reason these two messages were the most requested messages I've given on the radio in over 37 years of broadcast. Our website is crossoak.org. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries Incorporated.